it's a new year. And I think for most of us, we enter into the new year with a lot of positivity. We're hopeful that we're going to have a year that is different than we had maybe the year before, or that it's going to be better. We're going to set goals around increasing our productivity and maybe looking at ways that we can manage our time better, right? These are all the things that I think most of us think about and set goals around in, in the new year. And how do we stay on track? Because the world is busier than ever. We have a lot of things that come at us. A lot of us are managing big businesses. So there is a lot for us to, to be mindful of in terms of priority and scheduling and organization and structure and everything in between. So how do we create a good structure now and a path so that we don't hit overwhelm later? Welcome to Monday Morning Mojo with me, Anna Gibbs. This is the podcast that will jumpstart your week and have you thinking bigger and moving forward with practical advice and inspiration to unlock your full potential. My personal development journey started many years ago and it has inspired me to achieve greater personal and professional success. As your coach each week, I will share insights and strategies to help you cultivate the confidence, clarity, and courage you need to make the most of every opportunity that comes your way. Get ready to attract more, be more, and succeed more right now, right here on Monday Morning Mojo. Hey friends, welcome back. It's Anna Gibbs with your weekly dose of Monday Morning Mojo. And today I'm joined by Julie Shulam. She is a productivity coach and an industrial organizational psychologist. So I'm excited to unpack that a little bit for all of you too. Julie's an expert in helping people who might be struggling with organization or being productive. And while she coaches her clients to become more efficient, less stressed, and better able to manage their time, she also can help them with overwhelm and frustration and really minimizing the effects of that so that you can see more productivity, better time management, and, and really, I think, open up possibilities around a lot of things like communication and decision-making. And so most of Julie's clients are a lot like you. They're probably entrepreneurs or solopreneurs working in leadership. And if, if you are working for another company, you have a lot of responsibilities because of your position within corporate leadership. So she is really an expert on helping people to create structure and develop systems. And I'm really excited to have you join us today, Julie. Welcome to Monday Morning Mojo. Thank you so much, Anna. This is really a treat to be here. So maybe we'll just start with a little bit around you and your background and what led you to to do the work that you do with the with clients because I I think what you do is is pivotal to creating a life by design and creating some flow as well right I, I say flow rather than balance because mm -hmm. I think sometimes it's a challenge to just balance things it's about just creating some flow I don't know if you agree with that sentiment I do. I do you much. do yeah yeah <laughs> but tell us a little bit about how you got into doing the work. Well, it, it started so long ago. I'm not going to date myself by telling you how long ago, but <laughs> uh, this has just been something that I've always done. I've always been really organized and managed my tasks and kept lists literally since I was in junior high. 
And I, when I was in college, I promise this is not going to be a long, drawn-out story, but when I was <laughs> in college, I was working my way through college, and I was organizing dental offices. It just, there wasn't, this was, you know, before computers and such. Again, there I go dating myself. But what I was finding was that a lot of businesses were not really managing their time well. They were not working with their schedule well and not maximizing what they could what they could do in a day. And this was something that I just did. And uh, it's probably because my dad was an engineer and he was very methodical and everything. Uh -huh. It just kind of became what I what I did. And it turned out that it was something that I could help others do. So I started teaching and I started teaching seminars and and teaching at the local college and working with, with entrepreneurs mostly and solopreneurs one-on-one. So I started as a business consultant. And then a couple of decades ago, I realized I could help more people broadly by becoming a coach. So I became a coach and mm -hmm. I went from telling people what to do to helping people, to asking questions to help them yeah. to find their answers, of course. But there is still some training that goes on within sure. my work. Yeah, I'm sure there is. And, you know, it's a new year. And I think for most of us, we enter into the new year with a lot of positivity. We have our, I, I, you know, we're hopeful that we're going to have a, a year that is different than we had maybe the year before, or that it's going to be better. We're going to, you know, set goals around increasing our productivity and maybe looking at ways that we can manage our time better, right? These are all the things that I think most of us think about and set goals around in, in the new year. And I know that one of the things that you work with your clients on uh, a lot is creating that organization, but also some structure. And really, you know, maybe what we could talk about today is helping all of us, myself included, who are optimistic about the changes we want to make in the new year, you know, how do we stay on track? Because, you know, the world is busier than ever. We have a lot of things that come at us. A lot of us are managing big businesses. So there is a lot for us to, to be mindful of in terms of priority and scheduling and organization and structure and everything in between. So how do we create a good structure now and a path so that we don't hit overwhelm later? Such a good question. And oh my goodness, so many things that <laughs> we can talk yeah. about in that arena. There's actually a process I kind of go through my clients with in helping them to figure out, okay, what is it you actually want to do? What do you want to achieve in this week, this month, this year, this decade? What is it that you really want to achieve? And when we can get to that answer, then we can start actually putting in the practical you know, components in place. And it's not as, much, as important to say, okay, I want to do this. You also need to know your why. Why do you want to do this? I was working with a client and she had all these ideas of, oh, I want to do this. I want to travel here and, and give these workshops and do this and this and this. And when it came right down to it, it didn't agree with her why. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she did a pivot. And I find that happens once in a while with people where they're just not, you know, totally tuned into, well, why do you want to do that? Is is it worth it? Because, you know, in, inevitably, a lot of what we're going to be doing will take a lot of work and time investment. 
So we want to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons. So once you've established that, which many of us can get to pretty quickly, I can lead someone through a goal planning intention workshop in like 25 minutes. This is not something, you know, we we know what's going on. <laughs> we know what we want. So then it comes down to actually creating that structure, as you just mentioned, around that and and putting putting some some plans in place to actually achieve those intentions and those goals. And one of the key things that I cannot stress enough is using a calendar. Mm. It just never ceases to amaze me that I will be working with a client and I said, well, let me see how you, how are you scheduling? How are you scheduling? Uh, I, I agree. I just, just to jump in quick, Julie. Yeah. I, I've been coaching entrepreneurs now for uh, about 14 years mm -hmm. and it is fascinating. <laughs> I, I'll use that word. It just fascinates fascinating, me. Fascinating, yes. How many people can can operate without a calendar? Or right. they're subjective with the calendar. Some things are on the calendar, but not all things right. are on the calendar. Right. And so I encourage people to to use their calendar for everything. And, and, and that, mm -hmm. I know it seems counterintuitive, but the more time blocks you are, the more freedom you actually create in your life. Exactly. Oh, I could have said it better. Exactly. hundred percent. And that's one of the complaints that a client will say to me, they're like, well, I, I don't want to have, you know, be so restrained and constricted, you know, and have everything planned out so much. There's no spontaneity. I'm like, actually, <laughs> quite the contrary. You yeah. can actually have not only the free time that you want, you can have it be spontaneous because you can see where you can move things around. Like, you know, I really still have to get this done, but oh my gosh, I really want to go and do this thing today, right now. Well, and I think the other know. thing, it creates intentionality. And so when you are intentional with how you use your time, you can become more efficient with your time. So you become more productive in less time, which means you have more hours to, to decide how you want to spend it in other ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Now, uh, just to I, recap, we're talking about the first step is to know what you want, right? Know what the goals are, know what you want to achieve. Then you you taught us that it's important to understand the why behind it, which I definitely agree with that because if what's important to you, right, if your values are not in alignment with the goal, then you're going to create a lot more stress. And then we move into some structure. And the first thing you talked about in terms of like the plans to achieve the goal is your calendar. So I'll let you pick up from there. So, so how do you help clients who maybe don't have that practice already use, how do you help them use their calendar as a tool? Well, I'm always working with my clients on zoom. So I have the ability for them, for them to share their, their screen. So I, I actually help them work in it. We we go down in the we're in the weeds together on this. And I teach them how the calendar works. A lot of people know a little bit, but they don't utilize all the tools that are available to them. And we start by by setting it up into categories so that they will have different parts of their life are given a, a category. They call them calendars in this, you know, in the in our digital systems. Right. Categories. That makes more sense. <laughs> Too many yeah. words are all the same there. Otherwise. So we start by putting in structure. Okay. So here's what we do. I first have 
my clients figure out, okay, when is the beginning of your day? And when is the end of the day? And we often start out by putting in your, your morning rituals or routine and your evening rituals or routine so that you have when you're going to be beginning your day, when you're going to be ending your day. And I liken it to a puzzle. If you've ever done the jigsaw puzzle, what's the first thing that you start with when you're yeah, doing the corners, right? The edges. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. So we put in the borders. Okay. These are the, these are the end points of, of the day, of the calendar. Right. And then you've got the rest of the puzzle pieces. They all fit in within the border. They can't go beyond <laughs> because then you go out of balance. You want to stay within these borders. And then you just start putting in the puzzle pieces. And one of the key things I like to use and my clients have found amazing success with is implementing color into the calendar. It shouldn't all just be this monochromatic list of everywhere you're supposed to be and where you're supposed to go. And there's many reasons for this. First of all, the brain responds to colors differently. And we, as humans, we like the color. It makes our brain very happy. Therefore, we are more inclined to look at our calendar. If you have a great calendar set up and you never look at it, it's not going to do you a whole lot of good. So you have to be consistent in looking at it. Well, you want it to draw you in a little bit. And then when you get accustomed to using it, it becomes more of a habit. Obviously, we want to create that habit. So we start by setting up the puzzle pieces. We create categories with colors and I use specific colors for certain kinds of things and then let other colors just kind of be as they as they are. And it, I have a great story. I was working with a woman and she used her calendar, sort of, but it was all one, everything was one color and not everything she did was in the calendar. So just right. meetings pretty much was it. And I said, okay, let me, let me try something with you. And she kind of gave me this look like, I don't really think I'm going to like this. You know, I have this real skeptical look, <laughs> skeptical look coming at me. I said, you know what? Give me a little time. Let me, let's, let's just try this out. If you don't like trust it, me, right? you just need to trust me. Just, just trust me on this. And so I said, if you don't like it, we push a button, it goes back. Okay. So she's fine. So we started reorganizing it and seeing where her time was being spent. And that's one of the beauties of having the different colors and putting everything in your calendar. We'll talk about that in a minute, which you brought up is that you can see where your time is going and are you putting enough time toward this kind of activity versus that kind of activity? Are you balanced or at, you know in balance, out of balance? You can see that in a second when you have your calendar organized by categories in different colors. Yeah. So we put this whole thing together, right? Get it all done. And as we start doing it, I see her face start changing. She goes from this kind of, I don't like this to, I can't put this wonder. And all of a sudden she goes, oh, Oh my gosh, I love her. I mean, this is a big aha moment, right? Oh, huge. People people talk about, you know, learning how to manage time, but it's not really managing time. That's it's managing right. your choices around how you use your time. It's exactly. It's how you spend time. Yeah. It's, what are you doing when time is passing? Right. I heard one of your podcasts as so, well that, you know, we can't manage time. We'll manage this time. I don't even call it time management anymore. I stopped that years ago. I call it task management because you're managing tasks. Right. <laughs> what are you doing? And that's more accurate, really. So we, we what get- about managing, What about time blocking for other things like 
thinking time, planning time, mm-hmm. right? Free time. Yes, yes exactly. I, I think when we don't put that in our calendar or we don't think about it, that's what leads us into overwhelm, right? Because, and and listen, we've all had those days, myself included, where we're just going from one thing to the next, but usually it's because of, you know, it's a response to something happening in my world at that moment in my mm-hmm. week. It's not the way I want to run my day every day because, you know, if you don't have the downtime, the thinking time, the planning time, you can't get strategic enough and you can't make adjustments and you also can't relieve the steam valve. And I would think that leads to overwhelm. Do you, do you get into those conversations? Absolutely. I was working with an executive and that was one of the challenges she had is she says, I just don't have enough time to kind of think and plan and create and design. So we actually scheduled that in her calendar on a regular basis. And she had a special chair that she liked to sit in for that. And one of the things we also had her do just to just kind of get out of her head is color, just coloring while she was sitting there. You know, a nice, uh, you know, one of those really nice, sophisticated coloring books that you can get. And just just to let her mind think and just to get that creative energy going. And yeah. it was very effective for her. And a lot of a lot of people that I work with are utilizing various areas of their time, you know, areas of their day when they can just not do anything, not schedule anything in particular. Like this is just your time, whether you want to meditate or journal, do morning pages, whatever it is that that helps you to just kind of let all the, as you said, let the steam out so that you can process what might be bogging you down in any area of your life so that you do have that opportunity and scheduling the things that are important for yourself, your self-care, making sure that you're scheduling when you're exercising and you know when are you going to have your meals. I tell people everything that you do should be scheduled in there, everything. There shouldn't be a lot of white space. When I see someone with a whole bunch of white space on their calendars, it there. What what are you doing with that time? What's happening here? And if you're just going to chill out, then just schedule chill out. That's fine because then you're being intentional and you, you know, okay, you know what? I've got this great time to just let go for a little bit. You know, maybe sit and do a puzzle, maybe sit and do something that allows you to, to let your mind run free. And I think most people, if not everyone, wants to be more productive, right? Regardless of what you might be doing for uh, your career, I think everyone wants to be more productive. What do you think, if you had to say there was one thing that gets in the way most often for people, what is it? Why? So why aren't we as productive as we intend to be? Because we're trying to do too much. Because we're trying to do too much. Just try to do too much. And and a so lot of things everyone that we- listening today for, for <laughs> you guys, right? It's a new year. Can can we look at that, right? And say, is this a pattern that I have, right? That I try to do too much. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, no, I, that's I, fine. You're right. It, we and that that leads to overwhelm. Overwhelm yeah. can lead to anxiety. Anxiety can lead to stress, and stress can lead to depression. Let's well, go there. <laughs> you don't need to go there. If you can look at again back to what I said at the beginning. If you can go back to what do you actually want to achieve and why, why are you doing that? You're looking at what you're doing in the day. Is that what you really should be doing? 
is that moving the needle forward for you in your life, whether that's personal or, or business? And how do you want to feel doing it? Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you want to feel doing it? I mean, that's what just came to me when you said that. Well, I, I help people to look at what they're doing. And often I'm asking them, you know, does that bring joy? Mm. Oh, and not that every single thing we in our lives are going to, you know, make us all giddy with happiness and joy, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't create the opposite. And looking at what are you doing? What is important to you? Yes. And what is meaningful? What's going to help you get to that next place, whatever that is. And those places where you already are happy, it's okay to stay there. <laughs> you know, this is good. Many people don't take it time to really recognize the fact that, hey, you know what? I worked so hard to get to this place and I'm there and I'm happy here. That's fantastic. Acknowledge where you actually achieve. You don't always have to be racing to the next thing. Enjoy where you are. Enjoy the present. Right. And, and then say, okay, well, what, what else would I like to add to this? And how will I go about doing that? And then you can start creating those intentions and setting aside time to investigate that new idea. Well, is that really going to benefit me or those who I work with or those who I love? Is that a good use of my time? And you can sort out how you want to live your live your life in essence from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. So such great stuff today. Thank you for being on the show. You know, I think another thing that's probably a buzzword right now is organization. You talked about that a little bit. And, you know, all of the, even the, even the retail stores, right? You're, you're seeing, you know, advertisements for things to organize your home right now. Like January is always that month. Yes. I can remember, you know, when we used to get magazines delivered to our house, there was always articles about how to organize your home, how to organize, you know, whatever it was, the laundry room, front to the office, to your car. And so what are some some practical tips you could share with everyone? And yes, we'll say that, you know, it's January, so why not? Let's look at where do we need to apply organization in our lives so that we can reduce the chaos or or the overwhelm and and maybe stay on a, on a, a healthier track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a subject near and dear to my heart. I said okay. I started as a professional organizer when I was doing business consulting. I was actually a, a professional organizer. I was in the, the National Association of Professional Organizers, one of the original members. I started actually as a PO before it was even a, a real profession, before people even knew about it. And this was something that I, I love being able to teach people. And while I don't go into offices and homes and do that anymore physically, it's something that often comes up because many times the, the overwhelm is because of our environments. Do you find that sometimes the, the disorganization or the clutter that mm -hmm. you see physically is also indicative of the clutter that's going on mentally? I don't know if it's actually indicative, as you say. But I do know that coming into a, a, a cluttered or disorganized environment can be psychologically debilitating. Yeah. And a lot of times what people do is they have, they have stuff all around them 
to remind them of the things that they need to do. So a lot of times the, the, the things that's sitting around all over is, is actually a task. It's a reminder, a physical reminder of a task you have to do. It doesn't need to be sitting out there in your face to remind you to do it if you're using a task management system. If you have an app in your phone or use some kind of a, a system, it can be it can be a handwritten one. It doesn't have to always be digital. But some place where you can write down the things you need to do that you trust you will see again. So that's the key. Can't be on a napkin or a post-it note. <laughs> Those are going to go by the wayside eventually. So you want to have a place that you trust. You can put a list down of the things that are sitting in your face, reminding you to do something with them, and then put that item somewhere away. You can store it. You can do something with it. But also another aspect is reducing what, what you have. You know, we all have a lot of stuff, just stuff. And a lot of that stuff- I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that stuff isn't doing anything for us. And one of the quotes I have, I came up with many years ago that I share with my clients is, if it's not servicing you, it's burdening you, so let it go. Say that one more time for everybody. If it's not servicing you, it's burdening you. So let it go. It either has a purpose or it's in your way. I agree. I mean, I, I definitely have helped clients understand uh, that in terms of thoughts, emotions, right? The mental baggage, the emotional baggage. Yet it's so true. The stuff, you know, the stuff in your home, if you're not using it, let it go. Someone else might need it, right? Exactly. You don't need it. You don't have to throw it away. But really, I think that's a good question is what are we holding on to and why? Exactly. And that that why, <laughs> sometimes that's a, that could be a scary answer. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you know, people I find hold on to stuff for that. Well, what if I need it? Often I say, well, when was the last time you used it? And if that was a long time ago, chances are, you're not gonna you're not gonna need it. And you can probably get another one if you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm working through a project now of of getting rid of some stuff and especially what's in our basement. And the challenge for me is some of it is, you know, my mother in law passed away last year. Some of it is other things I've I've just acquired and, you know, there's sort of a nostalgia to it and there's, you know, there's a little bit of an emotional attachment, but I don't need it or want it per se and neither do my kids. And it's like, what do you do? Right. And I'm sure there are people who, who struggle with that as well. Yes. And, and I'm, I went through the same thing, you know, when yeah. family members pass and, and I was the recipient of their belongings. And one of the things that you can do and, and, it's so simple and surprisingly people have said this is really effective take a photograph take mm. photographs of those things that are really that have some meaning if it's just going to be sitting in a box in your attic or your basement and you're not using it then it's not it's not really doing anything right you and you know you're not enjoying the memory like i inherited a beautiful china set from my grandmother i already had a china set but this one had meaning and it's actually a very nice China set. No one else wanted it. We were trying to sell it, couldn't sell it. And then I finally said, you know what? I actually like this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use this. And I use it. I use it for holidays because then it reminds me of my grandma. 
Right. So, you know, if you don't, if you have all these wonderful things that you've inherited and you're not enjoying them and using them as they had, then why do you have it at all? Take mm-hmm. a photograph of it and let it go to somebody who will use it. Yeah. Because you don't need to store that clutter. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I just want to shift a little bit on the topic of organization in in terms of our business or in, in our office settings. What do you, what do you find is, is typical, you know, when clients come to you and 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 I'm sure they come to you with different thoughts and questions, right? They're not necessarily coming to you saying, Julie, I need organization, but they're they're struggling with something. So what is that conversation usually about with with organization? Is it a lack of systems in the in the workplace usually or something else? Typically, yes. Typically it's a lack of systems. And this is kind of where I, I really love to to play because creating systems is what I've been doing my entire life. So it depends on, on what, what they're going through. And honestly, with so many people working from home, this was a huge issue when we were all at home because people were realizing, okay, my, my home office, not so inviting. And they would not want to be in that office because it, it wasn't set up to be workable. Or they would walk out of their office room, their space, and walk into a complete mess in that in their home. And that's that's not fun either. So you want to be able to have a space that's really enjoyable, nurturing, and allows you to be productive. Yeah. And having a lot of stuff around isn't going to do that. So aside from the physical environment, so I've helped people with you know, set up their desk system so that you know, everything you need is there. It's available and at your fingertips so that you can get through a meeting or, or do whatever it is that your work requires efficiently. And a lot of times what people come to me with is their, let's say, desktop computer clutter. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. <laughs> so yeah. That's something I've been working on, working with people on for many, many years and setting up systems and creating a filing system, essentially. That was what I was known for when I was organizing offices and, and companies, is actually setting up filing systems. Well, we don't have that much paper we do anymore. Now we have it all digitally. You still have to set it up. You still have to have it in a way you can find things again. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. I mean, I have files on my uh, laptop or actually it's it's save to OneDrive, the cloud, but then we also use the Google suites. We have stuff on, on the drive in Google. I mean, it's all over the place. So, and I, and even our phones, right. I could, I could assume that, you know, there, there are times I go through my phone and I'm like deleting apps that I don't remember even downloading and right. (laughs) right, We, we can find, it's easy to find ways to clutter up our life. Right. You know, so on that note, What's the outcome of that? Like, what is it that, you know, what's the consequence of of, of living in cluttering case? Because for some people, they think that's the norm. They don't know any other way, but I'm sure that it takes a toll on us at some point. Well, a lot of times what I find with my clients is they get really distracted. Mm-hmm. Because they've got all these things in their visual arena that are vying for their attention. And then they're not actually putting time toward the things that are really important. Their highest priorities. They're spending too much time looking for stuff that, you know, things that get lost and uh, they're unable to 
stop doing some of the things because it's like, oh, you know, here's here's this little, it's like, did this getting my attention? Where am I going to go? I have a mentor that I've worked with and she would say distractions cause failure. I mean, she was like very direct. <laughs> distractions cause failure. And it's like, oh, yeah, she's not wrong. Yet yeah. they're, they're always coming at us. They are. So if you can eliminate them, then you will be more successful in that regard. And one of the things that I encourage my clients to do is schedule, you know, back to the calendar, it all comes back to the calendar, to schedule the time to get cleaned up, to clean up your desktop, clean up your office, clean up areas on a regular basis so that you don't have that clutter that kind of, that that will just kind of grow there in, in any regard. So... I, and this is what I do. I, I, I do practice what I preach here. So yeah. on Friday afternoons, it's in my, you know, in my calendar. You know, clean up. It's on my task list. You know, clean off desktop, clean off desk. And what type of calendar system do you use? Do you recommend anything particularly to clients? Depending upon what, what computer they're using will determine often what they can and will use. The most popular ones are iCal if you're on, an, on Apple devices. And then either Google Calendar or Outlook tend to be the ones that most people are using if they're not. Oh, are people still using Outlook? Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Mostly in, you know, we can do the business. But yeah. Yeah. Outlook is still, is still a big one. So, Julie, what are some of your personal best practices around productivity, managing your time that you want to share with everyone as we wind down our time together? Well... I do have my the borders of my calendar <laughs> in place, though. So. You you said you practice what you preach, so these are the same things that you do. I, I don't I don't I don't help or uh, advise anyone or coach anyone around anything that I haven't personally tried to see how how to actually best utilize that tool, and and many of them I just I just keep using because they work. You know, I want I want things to work for my clients. I want them to you know hit a home run right off you know right out of the gate. So I'm helping them to, to do exactly what I've been doing. And the more clients who do this, and then I have more case studies of people who are finding that this is super successful for them too. And the people that I've shown how to use their calendar, uh, you know, they've, they've come to me the you know, session right after that. And they're like, okay, you know what? That just, that was life-changing. And we don't even have to do anything anymore. You've already earned your, your fee just in those first two sessions. So I know that this is really helpful and it allows people to kind of get out of their own way and mm. really schedule what needs to be done. So I do what I advise my clients to do. Set up your calendar. Keep it reflecting reality. So if things change in your life, change it on your calendar. It's yeah. your balance system. And for those of us who are self-employed, or solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, we don't have anyone keeping a calendar for us. We're doing it. So right. you want to know where was I during these hours and what was I spending my time doing? So firstly, always make sure your calendar reflects reality. Secondly, check your calendar often. Always check it the night before when you're closing up your for the day. Know what it is you have to do the very first thing. What time does your morning begin? Like this morning, I had a seven o'clock meeting. I don't generally do anything at seven o'clock in the morning with work. But last night, I prepared for that so that, you know, when I got up this morning, I was ready to go. And 
always check your calendar in the morning of just to make sure nothing's changed and check in to see what it is you're going to be doing for the day. And then you're checking your calendar every time, every time you have a transition. So from one event to the next event, check your calendar. Did you remember the time correctly? Double check. Because even I need to make those mistakes. If I don't check, I'm like, oh, is it 10.15 or 10.30? Let me check. <laughs> you know, right. I check because we don't want to be late. Uh, we want to be professional. We want to be respectful of people's time. So, Which you know, means sometimes you need to plan a little buffer time. Yes, you do. No, we didn't talk about that, but, you know, we can find that we can go over or, mm -hmm. or we may be on time, but then we're feeling, you know, like we're being drugged through the mill or, you know, at the end of that day, we're exhausted because we're just going from one thing to the next to the next. So you need a little buffer time too, yes. just to get to one activity to the other or one meeting to another. Here's something that always surprises me is that a lot of people do not plan travel time Mm. One activity to another, if they have to actually get in, you know, they don't give themselves enough time. Uh, they don't, oh, they don't do it at all. They oh just they have things back to back. Like, well, of course, you're going to be late. You didn't, you didn't plan travel time. And in all the calendars that we have, you can add travel time to an appointment. And then you can also set an alert to remind you five minutes before. You have to get into your vehicle so that you can finish what you were doing, grab your belongings and get in the car or onto the subway, wherever you're going. So planning ahead. And as you just said, add extra time, allow for the oops, the what ifs, <laughs> you know, yeah, what if you get a, a lot of people underestimate how much time they need to complete a task. Do you, do you get those conversations off of you too? All the time, all the time. And, and, you know, and just think about in our nomenclature, how we speak, like, oh, I'll do that in two seconds. Oh, I'll see you in a minute. Really? None of that ever happens in those five minutes. Right. right yes. ever. So we, we always think for the most part that we're going to do something in a lot less time than we, than we actually do. One of the things I tell people is when you're deciding how much time to allow for a, a, a task, for example, is add 50%. If you think it's going to take you 20 minutes, Add 10 more, make it 30. Yeah, that's a good hour, a good add a half an hour. Now I happen to work with professionals with ADHD. That's my, my, my subspecialty. And non-neurotypical brains need even more time. So if someone is struggling or living with ADHD, you almost have to double time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, what I'm hearing you say, or what I hope that our listeners take away from today, uh, among a lot of other things, is that, you have to have self-awareness and you have to know and appreciate the operating systems that will work to support you, right? So it, it, it's really about, I think, like you just said, you know, if you, if you know that you need that cushion, put it in. If there's a certain system that you think is a better fit for the way you operate, use that system, okay. right? Google Calendar might work for me, but maybe it doesn't work for you. Exactly. And, and I'm not married to any one system. But just have a system, right? You That's something. Yeah. And a lot of people like to like to use a hybrid where they may keep some things on on a digital system, but then they like to handwrite. And that's completely fine. As long as whatever you do, you do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And there's no other word <laughs> that I can impress upon the listeners on this one is be consistent. 
Yeah. Be consistent with your calendar, be consistent with your task list, be consistent with your schedule in every way so that your systems will work for you. I, I agree. I think, and I've said this here before, I think that the number one thing that keeps us from achieving our goals is a lack of consistency. Yep. And and that it could that could be a whole other episode, right? But that because that the reason why we're not being consistent could be a million reasons. And it's what is keeping us from from, you know, hitting our goal. You know, another thing I thought about when when you were talking is really I'm very time blocked. And what I realize is that it also shows people how to treat you. So for for so what I mean by that is that, you know, time is valuable. So someone only has to miss a meeting with me once or ask to change it and learn that I'm I'm willing, I want to meet with you, right? You're important. If you're on my calendar, you're important. And I may or may not be able to fit you in today because I have a time for you and I also have time allotted for a lot of other things. And so... That has, I think, helped other people in my world to learn, okay, if I set that time with Anna, I, you know, I have to commit to that. Now, you know, if there is a major emergency, of course, I get that. But, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, I can't make that meeting. How about we do it at four? Sorry, I'm time blocked all day. And I might be blocked all day tomorrow. So I think it's it's a lesson in, you know, creating, like you said, the borders and boundaries around your time. And helping other people respect it too, because that that gets us off track as well, like with an interruption or people not respecting our time. And if there's one thing we could do differently in 2024 is is to create better boundaries around our time. Yes. Well, I and I to that point of respecting time, I I've been on many boards and and chaired many events and meetings, and so I was the one who would lead them. And I said, this is when it starts. And I started at that time because those who showed up on time, they deserve the respect to have their time valued. And same for me. And those that come late, I don't recap. Sorry, I'm going to be here on time. And let me just tell you, after after a couple meetings, those people who were late in the beginning, they're on time. (laughs) Because <laughs> they realize, oh, she really does start on time. Why would yeah, she I, I know. It's about conditioning the right the response, right? Oh. So this has been great. And I trust that everyone listening got some great practical tips for themselves. And if anyone listening would like to learn a little bit more about you or take advantage of any of your resources, how can they connect with you? Where can they find you? I am super easy to find. The best place, start at... Uh, on my website, which is coachjulie.com. And Julie is spelled J-U-L-I. There was no E at the end. So just C-O-A-C-H-J-U-L-I.com. On there, you can subscribe, which I highly would encourage. I have a very prolific blog, which you can go through and, and check various things that you might want to learn about. I also have a course called Your Life Productive, Finally, And that is an on-demand course where you can learn everything about organizing, clutter removal. I literally go through that. (laughs) Uh, Dealing with, you know, everything that gets in our way of being more productive. Calendaring, how to use a calendar property and literally go through step-by-step how to set it up, how to utilize it, how to set up and use systems for task management 
and then also project management. So in under six hours, you can learn all the tools and skills that you would need to use and know in order to be a more productive human. And so I encourage you to, to check that out. But you can find me also on most social media sites, LinkedIn in particular is where I spend more of my time. Good. All right. So coachjulie.com. That's awesome. Julie, thanks so much for joining us today. This was a really great conversation. I appreciate you and I appreciate your 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 knowledge and your time. And and thank you everyone for listening. I trust you got exactly what you needed today. So and as always, it's it's good to be with you. And I'm sending you lots of positive vibes today as you think about ways to, you know, just have more of what you want in 2024. So again, thanks, Julie. And thank you, everyone. We'll see you soon. Great being here. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining me. I trust you got exactly what you needed here on Mojo. And if you find value in this weekly podcast, please subscribe and share this with your friends. And don't forget to invite them to join our Facebook group, Monday Morning Mojo with Anna Gibbs. It's a great place to hang out and we know we need more positive places to get together. All right, thanks again and I will see you soon.